At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Here are three reasons Zinn is America's number one nicotine pouch. We use food-grade ingredients. We have a wide selection of varieties. And they all come in two strengths. Find Zinn at a store near you. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Uh. Check it out now. Uh. No doubt now. Uh. It's Thursday, yeah. January 5th, 2023. It's the Feeding the Book Megapod. How you doing today? I'm Jeff Parles. I am driving a bus today, Todd Wishnev. It's nice to see, it's, you know, it, competency in the bus driving position for a change. Oh, look at that. Oh, look at shots that. fired look, early. Oh, look out. The, the rare Wishnev, uh, the rare Wishnev uh, not being a human being right out of the chute. Very, very good. Uh, Gil, Gil Alexander is here. Gilly is here, but... Uh, Gil, we're, we're, we're seeing how much of a voice you, you have. You, you lost your voice because you were yelling at Todd too much the first week he was here, and uh, we, we can throw that one on Toddy, too. Well, it's, it's first of all, thank you for driving, Jeff. I appreciate it. And thank you, Frank, who we're about to introduce yes. for being here as well. No thank you to Todd, because not only was I screaming <laughs> at him, but we were watching Clemson, Tennessee together, and I kept saying to him, stop breathing on me. And he refused to stop breathing on me. So whatever that came out of his pie hole destroyed my innards. Like for 24 hours, I couldn't even produce sound. But I wasn't so, sick. You're disgusting. There's no <laughs> As Gil said, our guest today, Frank Schwab, of course, Yahoo Sports, covers the NFL, sports betting. Uh, Frank, you were, as it says in your Twitter bio, the, uh, the, the, the champion of media member NFL picks from last year. Yeah. Uh, picks wise. Glad they tracked that. I didn't, didn't self-proclaim it or anything, but had a good year last year, having a pretty good year this year. You know, and, and it's funny. I came on the show last year, week 18 as well. Gil wasn't here and I've used the line before. It was like being invited on the tonight show, but Joan <laughs> Rivers is hosting. Like, you're like, Oh, it's, it's great. I'm on a tonight show, but I kind of wanted Carson so even in your you know, injured state here, Gil, uh, I'm glad to be on with you. I've listened to your show. I listened to your show long, long before. I was even really writing sports betting for Yahoo just because it was fantastic. What year is this for you? What season is this for you, Gil? How many, you've had been doing this, what, 15 years? Not quite 15, but it's somewhere between 10 and 15. So it's like 12 yeah. or 13. Yeah. 
No, just one yeah. of the, it, it, you know, it's it funny because when I did the show last year, I knew exactly what it posted. I hadn't told any of my friends or anything because, you know, why? I don't know who this is a show or not. Got just a stream of text right away. Like, oh, my God, you're on the Megapod. You're... So it's 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 a really cool thing to be here with you guys. I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, trying to figure out week 18 this year now. Thank you, Frank. It's, it's great to have you on, Frank. Uh, before we get into uh, Dumbbell and and if Todd had an in-game moment where I know where Todd had a bad in-game I moment I had two last horrendous week. ones. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Just, uh, of course, the whole NFL world uh, with the, uh, on what happened on Monday night uh, with DeMar Hamlin. Uh, we had an update that was actually pretty positive uh, this morning uh, from the physicians at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center. Uh, that uh, here's, Here it is from the, from the Bills Twitter account this morning. Per the physicians caring for DeMar Hamlin at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center, DeMar has shown remarkable improvement over the past 24 hours. While still critically ill, he has demonstrated that he appears to be neurologically intact. His lungs continue to heal, and he is making steady progress. We are grateful for the love and support we have received. That is from the Bills this morning. That is the latest update on DeMar Hamlin. I don't know what to say. Obviously, it's just a really sad situation for a fellow Pittsburgher. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I watch these games. I'm addicted to football. I'll probably watch football, you know, to the moment I'm in the grave. I love football. There's a part of me that is just sad that it has to have this ugly side to it. And I'm sure everybody feels the same way about that. I yeah, I agree with Todd. But you know what? I just want to say this though. I think the and this is sort of contrary. People like to point the finger at the NFL. I actually think they handled this really well. And I know I people like I do too. Yeah, I, I mean, I think everyone. And I was, by the way, I was even guilty of it that night, right? I'm like, where's Roger? Part where's Roger Goodell? You know, is he alive? But in the end, we don't know what the information flow was. We don't know what they knew off the field as opposed to people that were right there on the ground. And so I think they handled it as well as they could probably. It was probably a bad look. I agree that it wasn't canceled sooner. But that that you know grace allowed for the possibility that they didn't have the information flow. I think they're right not to play that game out, the Bengals-Bills game. I think they're probably right to play. They could have maybe delayed these games a week, but you know what? They're probably right to play it this week and only confine it to these two teams, go by win percentage. And if people think it's an imperfect season, then they think it's an imperfect season. Oh, is that, officially, you... is that officially what they're going to do now? No, they, they haven't uh, uh, as of this moment, they haven't announced anything. Uh, uh, there are a lot of reports uh, going around right now. I think what Gil said probably is what they end up doing. There have been uh, Schefter this morning uh, saying that one thing that's been popping around is giving the Chiefs, if they win, this weekend, a choice of home field throughout the playoffs or the bye, one or the other, or if it, two teams, the Bengals, Bills, Chiefs, if the, one of, if that's two of those three in the AFC title game, maybe even moving the AFC title game to a neutral site. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of a lot of possibilities. It's, but it's imperfect, no matter yeah, how you do regardless. it. Regardless, like it's just you're gonna have to roll with it. And I think mm-hmm. all the teams involved, probably anyway, hopefully, will have the grace to say, "Look, we get it. It's it's a it's a weird situation. It's a tragic situation. We're gonna roll with the punches here, and whatever happens, happens." Uh, I think Todd said it perfectly uh, there, which uh, 
Very, very nice, very nicely put there, Toddy. I like how you said that with surprise. Oh, very nicely. Todd could say something (laughs) succinctly and and beautifully. Oh, very nice. That was very, very nicely done. Condescension in your voice. Oh, look, uh, it it is what it is. But thank you. You're you're welcome, Toddy. Let's. uh, I I, dumbbell the week. Was there anything? I I don't really remember much from this. I was the dumbbell of the week. Regarding the in-game, uh, I talked about it last week on, on Gilly's show, uh, I believe on the numbers game, where we talked about you know these teams with the big plus 20s that you have to take them to come back. I, lost two, I, I typically do not lose two bets in the same in-game scenario. I took the Vikings plus 7.5 and, and the Vikings plus 20.5. I should have my head examined. There was a guy sitting next to me who, at, when it got to 36.5, I said, listen, I'm not doing it again, but you should do it right now because it will win. The 36 and a half will win. Of course it did, and I didn't do it. But it, 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 it's my own fault for betting on Kirk Cousins. There's a guy named Phillip Rivers who was a great quarterback, but who whenever I would bet on him would get inside the five-yard line and then tear my heart out. And Kirk Cousins never ceases to tear your heart out, and he just – he just – they didn't show up. I mean, it's un- unbelievable. But the, at least the 20 and a half should have covered. I mean, come on. Show a little bit of heart. Unbelievable performance by the Vikings last week. I, you just can't believe it. The Vikings are 12 and 4 with a negative 19-point differential. <laughs> I mean, it's just crazy what, what's happened with them. Again, they are they are in easily as the NFC North champion looking at the three seed where, uh, Gilly, we might get Fraud Bowl 2.0. Giants and Vikings 2.0 again in the NFC playoffs. We could, and then there's the awkward, you know, thing of, you know, we're talking about if they were to continue with that Bills-Bengals game, there would be the awkwardness of then them having to beat again in the postseason, which would be odd as well. I'm just getting this. This is unofficial, but I'm getting a text here about the NFL is looking into, forgive me for just doing this half-ass right here, but the NFL looking into divvying up the perks of the one seed now. Mm-hmm. She get to choose home field or the pie the bills would get the other one i mean so they're throwing everything's on the table wow. at this point, i mean win percentage just sounds like the right thing to do doesn't it doesn't it does. win percentage sound like the right thing to do yeah we're in all we're all in agreement yeah okay todd the, the records interesting very interesting on the records this week i'll start with the teasers because early on i was getting laughed at for my horrendous teaser record even though i was number one last year in teasers i was so far behind in the teasers last year i mean this year early on the the records in the teasers currently are seven ten for gill jeff seven and ten and i am now seven nine and one so i've come from the ashes to lead in the teasers the guest chair However, it's 12 and 5 in the teasers. So we've all been not great on teasers, but I have made a tremendous comeback. Now in the records, in the main records, this is very interesting. Gilly keeps saying he has an insurmountable lead because he has a bit of a big head, similar to Mark Rippon. And uh, he is now 28 and 22 after his 0-2 and pass. Jeffrey is 26, 23 and 1, a game and a half back. He also had a uh, only two games, a one and one for him, and I had a one and two to to go to twenty seven, twenty two and two. So I am only a half a game back, breathing down Gilly's neck, breathing down his neck. I know he doesn't like when I breathe on him, but I'm breathing down his neck. Thank Insurmountable. You. Insurmountable. <laughs> and the guest chair is twenty two, twenty eight and one in the regular pick. So the guest has been very good in teasers. Not as good on picks. 
I'll try to be bad in both. Just, just, to, just to treat them hard. <laughs> All right. We are, uh, Frank, uh, you're, you're up first with pick number one. You know, one game just popped off the screen at me, and I saw a lot on Twitter about, oh, it's a conspiracy. The, the NFL put the Packers last because they want the Packers to get in. The Seahawks are going to win, and the Lions are going to lay down. And I'm sitting here saying, do you know Dan Campbell? Have you, have you ever paid attention to this guy? The Lions are not laying down. And in many ways, I feel like the Lions might be more dangerous if they're eliminated because there's no pressure. Still a lot to play for, though. They want a winning record. They want to knock the Packers out of the playoffs. So I'm all about Lions plus 4.5 this week. I mean, Gil alluded to it last week on the show. What have the Packers really done? Like, yeah, they looked good last week against the Vikings. But other than that, they really haven't beat anybody. They're better. They're winning. Good for them. But I don't think this is some juggernaut. If you asked who's the best team over the last two months as a, as a total, it's probably the Lions. They had the stinker at Carolina, but other than that, they've played pretty good football. They're not laying down, whether they're in the playoff race because the Seahawks lose or they're out of the playoff race because the Seahawks win. They're giving 100% effort. Look, last year, all they needed to do in the finale against the Packers, ironically, was just lose to get the number one pick and Aiden Hutchinson. They went out, played their balls off. They won 37-30, thought they screwed up the Hutchinson pick. They ended up getting them anyway. But that just shows Lions aren't laying down. So if you, if this line is shifted anyway because they think, oh, the Seahawks are going to win, Lions aren't going to try, I think that's just wrong, and you're getting value on the Lions. Anything over four, all about it. I think the Lions, I think they're, they're in play to win here, either whether to play for a playoff spot or not. They've been playing better than the Packers over the last two months. Lions plus 4.5, easily my, my favorite play on the board. I'm, I like that with Frank also. I, I'm with him. I'm just scared to take it now that he's talking. <laughs> I really like it also, Frank. Um, I, I'm going to go with uh, a game. Uh, my friend Fezzik thinks that the Texans will be tanking. I disagree. I don't believe in tanking in the NFL. Um, the Texans are getting two and a half points, correct? Two and a half. Okay. Here's the thing. To me, the Texans are much better than the Colts uh, with Erringer as the quarterback or I don't. I, El Ellinger. Ellinger. I can never pronounce his name correctly. All I can tell you, whether his name is Block Purdy, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo or Erringer, Erlinger or whatever his name is. The bottom line is he's a running back from Texas. He's not a quarterback and he's not good enough to win an NFL game. The And to be favored, I mean, this Colts team is an abomination of all the teams that look like like they're quitting. The Colts look like they're quitting to me. I mean, this team just looks like dead in the water, and now they have a running black playing quarterback who can't play. So, and and they're the favorite. And the Texans have played, if I remember correctly. Now, granted, they 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 went into a buzzsaw last week against the Jags. One of the few things I got right last week was the Jags. But the the uh, they've been playing well. The Texans prior to that, they almost beat the Cowboys. I believe they almost beat the Chiefs. And there was another uh, really good game in there for the Texans. I can't remember who it was. Oh, it was a Tennessee. I can't remember. The point is, the Texans have been playing like they really want to continue playing football, and the Colts have been playing like they. They don't want to play football and a running back is the quarterback and they're the favorite. So now you're telling me I can get two and a half for a team like with lovey who looks like they they still want to play. Now don't give me all this nonsense about, Oh, that we want the number one pickle. It's not the same thing in the NFL. These guys are playing for their jobs. I don't believe in that nonsense in the NBA. A hundred percent. You're right. Not in the NFL. Give me Texans plus two and a half. That's the ultimate tank bowl this week, Todd. Right. Exactly. And it looks like the Colts have already tanked. Jeff Saturday, uh, Gil, we, we talked about this a little bit last week. 
Jeff Saturday and the Colts winning that first game against Vegas kind of took us off the scent of how bad this was going to be. And then ever since that game, it has actually been worse than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> Jeff Shabbos. Yeah. You're, you're right. It took him off the scent. Um, is it my turn, by the way? Do you want, do you want me to do you want me to go first? And no, it's not, it's not his I, turn. We go still in the normal in order. In the same Jeffrey order? Okay, all right. So, Thank you. All right. Uh, Todd, if you take this game, I'm going to be mad at you after I do it. I'm taking the Jets against the Miami Dolphins. Um, uh, it doesn't matter if it's uh, – is it pick or one? I have minus one. What do you have? Okay, Taylor? minus one's fine. It doesn't matter. The Jets okay. are winning the game because – that franchise has perfected the art. Wait, who's playing quarterback for Miami, first of all? We assumed Skylar Thompson. Skylar Thompson. We okay. assume Skylar That's Thompson is going to start. Uh, we've already seen that once in week five. Thompson came in midstream, played well for about two and a half quarters, and then the fourth quarter was an absolute disaster for Thompson. Jets yes, outscored I lost Miami. An in-game on that. Thank Jets you. outscored Miami 21 nothing in the fourth quarter in a 40 to 17 win. But there is no franchise that has perfected win the meaningless game to screw up the draft pick more than the New York Jets. <laughs> and with the way it has gone for them, again, both of these teams have completely melted. They, these teams are coming into this game both on five-game losing streaks. Miami still is alive in the AFC playoff chase. All they have to do is win in Buffalo to beat New England, and they were they would get in. But it's Skylar Thompson against a Jet defense that really, again, has not played particularly well the last month. But this is just my – this is really more my fandom more than anything speaking of it. The Jets are absolutely screwing up the draft pick, screwing up the schedule for next year. They are winning this game. I will take the Jets. We'll lay the one on the road in Miami. Do you know, you, you guys know, like, when they call somebody a self-hating Jew or a self-hating, you know, Christian or whatever, Jeffrey is a self-hating that, Jet fan. But that's the whole fan base. That's the whole fan base, Todd. the Jets fan base. That's the whole fan base, Todd. It's just entertaining to watch, I'll be honest. It's just, it's, it's just entertaining. All right, Gilly's got two. All right, can we just establish that all of our picks are completely fakakta picks this of week? Of course, that's week 18. I wonder if in future seasons we should do the fantasy thing where we just do our contest through week 17 and then we just punt on week 18. Come on. It sounds like a guy who has a half a game lead. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, uh, so my first pick is the Washington Commodes. Oh, my God. He never learns. I'm going with the Commodores. <laughs> Uh, the reason I, the taco holders are getting what here? Seven? Seven. Seven. Seven, baby. And the whole handicap here is this. The Cowboys, by the time of this game, which is on Sunday afternoon, will have absolutely nothing to play for. Uh, and that is to say that the Eagles will win, and that will be the end of that. Number one seed, division, all of that goes out the window. And the, uh, the Cowboys do have, if you talk to any Cowboys fan, they do have a history of letting – Backup quarterbacks on other teams shine. It's just this weird quirk with the Cowboys through their history. Sam Howell is the quarterback for the Commodores. Um, I think they will cover the game. And I'll be honest with you, I wouldn't be surprised if they won the football game. And like Jeff was saying for the Jets, completely fucked up their draft pick even further. Well, so Gilly, what happened to that thing where they play all the games that are at the same time that are like Eagles, Eagles and Cowboys are at the same time. So the quarters. Eagles and Cowboys are both at 425 Eastern. The one thing that I will say. So again, then how can get so well, what is Gil well, talking well, about? Well, well, hold on a second, Todd. Okay. The one thing that could happen is Philadelphia again at the Giants play their backups. Philadelphia could be out 17 nothing at the end of the first quarter. No, but then, I think Gil was saying no, it's confusing I, me. I, I understand what Gil was saying. I but, apologize. But I'm saying both both the, both the Cowboys and the Commanders do have at least have said outwardly, and I know Ron Rivera has said this too, 
that starters will sort of leave the game as the game goes on. Now, this is Ron Rivera, who didn't know that the commanders could be eliminated. (laughs) And who knows how that would have affected who he started at quarterback as well. But, um, yeah, no, I think that the Cowboys will absolutely – this game will be rendered meaningless for them. If you're giving me the full touchdown, I am taking the full touchdown. And I think – Again, I think Sam Howell and the boys will, will do enough to cover. So you're saying the Eagles will be ahead, like in the first quarter, second quarter, and then the, the Cowboys will. Is that? I'm just trying to understand for myself because I want to know all these angles. I think, I think before the game even starts, Brian Dable has made clear already how many players are not going to go, and I think it's fait accompli. And I don't think the Cowboys even believe that they have a shot to win all this. Um, and I think if they do, they will quickly realize they don't. So I'm I'm just okay. playing. Week 18 r- ridiculousness. If this wasn't a week 18 rendered meaningless scenario, I wouldn't play this game. But this, the pickings are slim here, so I'm going to play that angle. Number two, Gilly. I am going with. At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The Indianapolis Colts. Oh, yes. there we go. Oh, no, we got to we gotta go ahead. Yes, head, yes, yes, baby. Wait, wait. Is this just in from the dome? Erringer back to pass. Uh-oh, strip sack. They're running the other way. Lovey Smith running down the sidelines with his guy. It's a touchdown for the Texans. Thank you. Lovey Smith's carrying the ball now, Todd? Yeah, he's running down the sidelines <laughs> with this guy. You know what's amazing doing the show from this position and not the driver's seat? Is that Todd is even more annoying? <laughs> it's, it's not possible. It's not possible to be more annoying. Uh, the uh, so first of all, you pronounce Sam Ellinger's name maybe five hundred times, and not one time have you gotten it. No, <laughs> not even close. I try to be consistent. Um, I actually disagree with you, Todd. I'm with Feds. Okay. I think that the, it's not the players on the field. I think it's the Texans who will make sure. Not make sure, but they will maximize their opportunities to lose this, right? They'll they'll figure out a way. You know, we talk about it on our basketball court. Hey, Dirk Nowitzki and J.J. Barea, let's get them off the court quick so that we can lose this game. And then Rick Carlisle can all act all mad about it. Tech foul. I think there's going to be some football equivalent of that. I actually bet on Ellinger a lot during his college years, so I'm hoping for a little magic from him right here. I think the Texans are super incentivized to lose. I don't know if they want Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. But whoever yeah, it is, it doesn't even. There's no number one. Up. There's no number one uh, consensus pick. I, I, I don't interrupt you. Sorry. Spiel. Um, anyway, that's the end. I'm going with the Colts. But I'm asking Play. you a question: Is there any number one consensus that they need to to, to tank for? Bryce Young. Uh, Bryce Young is who they have decided. Yeah. At least 
the the conventional wisdom is, is that they want Bryce Young. Okay. Not my conventional wisdom. I would take C.J. Stroud, but that's who they want, I think. Yeah, and, and also, too, Peterman starting for the Bears. So in order to keep the number one pick, they got to keep – they got to they gotta lose. Oh, Houston. Because cool. Chicago, with a loss, would end up being number one if Houston won. Mm-hmm. Well, Peterman yeah. is, yeah. I yeah, mean, Peterman is, yeah. Peterman is, Peterman uh, is, we know what Nathan is. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we know what he is. That's part of my teaser pick. Before Malik Willis, Peterman was the last quarterback to have three consecutive games where he didn't throw for 100 yards. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Jeez. All right, uh, it's my second pick. Yes. I'm taking the Rams plus six and a half against the Seahawks. I, I'm not convinced of the and we've talked about this. There's a reason that you have to win week 18. It there means you have flaws with your football team with Seattle. And before last week where the Jets were on, on top of being completely unprepared, absolutely horrendous in that game. And I don't think Mike White was healthy. It's kind of unfair that they kept him in the whole the whole way through. I'm not I don't take anything from that from Seattle actually winning a football game against a team that was completely unprepared to play. And look, I know in the second half against the Chargers, it kind of came back to earth for Baker Mayfield, but Baker Mayfield's still playing for his NFL life. And he needs to play well this week in order to possibly latch on somewhere as a starter, or heck, he might even be the LA Rams starter next year if Matthew Stafford decides to hang him up. So I, I think six and a half is too much. I was a little bit surprised it actually moved this much because of the angle of, hey, Seattle's got to win the game and this is meaningless for the Rams. But also, too, Rams don't have their pick. They're tanking for nothing. So I'll take six and a half. I think this is a tight game, field goal game. I'll take six and a half with the Rams. That game could go over, too, because Seattle's yep. defense is horrendous. If the Rams oh, can move the good. ball. Um, so now it's up to me from a number two. Yes. I'm going to go down to a certain place called the Ohio, the Monongahela, and the Allegheny Rivers on the banks there. They used to call it a ketchup field stadium. They didn't do it no more with some insurance company in that Akersher stadium. That's not cool. Anyways, all I'll do is say I'm going down to Yinsburg, and I'm going to say that the Pittsburgh Yinzers, Minus the two and a half are going to come home for me. We all know about Mr. Tomlin. But here's an interesting tidbit. Only one team in the National Football League this year has started the same five offensive linemen. What team is that, folks? That's right, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And last year and the year before, I used to malign the Pittsburgh Steelers offensive line over and over and over. I'd have a big mill, then I'd malign. I'd have another big mill, then I'd malign. I didn't like that offensive line at all. But this year, my Yenzers are doing something in the, in the latter half of this, ha- of this uh, NFL season. We can block. We're blocking people. Najee can run a little bit. I'm loving my Pittsburgh offensive line. Give me the Pittsburgh Steelers minus the two and a half. I haven't seen anything out of the massage boy that he's going to come down and hide Tinesfield or Akersher and beat us. It's a big game. We have a history. We have a, a history in Pittsburgh of kicking Cleveland ass. Give me Pittsburgh minus two and a half. That devolved into something else midway through. Sometimes you know? I lose. Sometimes I lose my Yinzer. You know, I go downtown and I lose it. 
I don't know what that devolved into, but that devolved into into something something that wasn't the injury. But how about through. that? Only one team in the National Football League has started the same That's five guys crazy. in offensive line. Especially, too. Again, uh, by the way, uh, I don't know if you know, Todd, Mike Tomlin's never finished under 500. I, I don't know if you knew that We or all not. have uh, heard that uh, many a time. But, but it really is kind of amazing where these last two weeks for Pittsburgh, where they were genuinely dreadful on offense for the entire game. Not not the past week. I didn't think they did. They missed they, a bunch of field goals. I, that was that was that was against the Raiders the missed field goal no, games. No, they didn't they, really they didn't, missed, re- they didn't, they didn't really miss field goals. They didn't the really game? do much of anything in these last two games. Todd, they have 29 points the last two weeks. They, but there was a lot of long drives. There was a lot of but long he, drives. But again, Kenny Pickett found a way at the end both times. That's all I'm saying. Kind of kind of crazy with that. They are alive if they win. The Dolphins lose and the Patriots lose. The Pittsburgh Steelers would weasel their way Which into the postseason yet again. Skyler Thompson yeah. loses, and then the Bills beat New England, yeah. and the Steelers sneak and weasel their way in like last year. It could happen. Yeah, had negative uh, fifty-two point differential for Pittsburgh too. Very, very cool. But that's there. not realistic because we're a different team now with TJ Watt back. Thank you, Frank. Number we, two. We. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Las Vegas Raiders here. I, you know, nine and a half points. Everybody, everybody week 18 says, oh, this team has nothing to play for. This team has nothing to play for. Raiders played really hard last week. Somehow, someway put 34 points up on that 49ers team. I think that they want to finish the season strong. I think that they want to try to knock the Chiefs out of that number one seed. However, that's going to get shaken out. And I just think they play well, and this line's way too high. The Chiefs have only covered once in their last nine games now. Uh, this is not a team that covers the spread very often because they're always inflated. I think this line is inflated. I think the Raiders play hard. I don't look, I don't know if this was just a one-off for Jared Stidham last week and he comes back to earth probably, but I still can see them covering the nine and a half in a in, look. They want to finish their season. Well, most of these teams in week 18 want to finish the season with a win. So these teams that quote unquote have nothing to play for. That's a fallacy. Raiders play hard. Raiders cover the spread. It's just way too many points for a Chiefs team that just is not covering spreads for the last two months here. The other, my th- it's to me on my third pick right now. Mm-hmm. It comes back. I did have the Steelers two and a half. I'll, I'll go something different because Todd took that. But oh, you're, oh, you're not same, going with me, Frank? Same, I'm not, I won't go with you okay. just to do something different. Okay. I do like that Steelers pick, though, because what have the Browns shown? They're, they're god-awful, too. I'm going to go with the Broncos, minus one and a half. On that same, hey, these teams that we say, quote-unquote, have nothing to play for. Well, the Broncos want to show that Nathaniel Hackett was a donkey, and it was all his fault. And I mean, Albert O was inactive since week five, and everybody here in Denver, I'm, I'm located in Colorado, everybody here in Denver was like, why would Albert O play? He's such a talented breakout player. Hackett refused to play him. He reemerges in week 17 and leads them in receiving and scores a touchdown. It's like Nathaniel Hackett could screw up a cup of coffee. Like, the, <laughs> And I think the Broncos – are going to want to finish strong and show kind of it was just this donkey of a coach. It wasn't us. And also the Chargers, they could have the five seed wrapped up because that Bengals-Ravens game is happening early. Chargers could already know, hey, we're locked into the five seed. Brandon Staley's a forward-thinking coach. If that happens and they're locked into five, which you want to be, you want to be five instead of six because you want the NFC, or the AFC South champ instead of having to play the Bengals-Chiefs or, Bengal, or, or Bills, I think that at that point, Brandon Staley just yanks everybody. We're not going to see Austin Eckler. We might not see much of Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, all these guys who get hurt a lot. So I think the Broncos really get over on them. I think they win pretty easily, to be honest with you. Minus one and a half. It's been bouncing around. Whatever whatever spread you want to give me, I think it's fine. Well, one, I, I, Broncos, I think one and, there's enough one and a half in the market. 
I, I just think they win easily because I don't think Chargers have anything to play for. And I think the Broncos have a lot to play for week 18, finishing this God awful season on a high note. As Frank said, Chargers, if the Ravens lose to Cincinnati earlier in the day, it does not matter what the Chargers do. They would be the five seed and draw the AFC South championship. I'm just going to bring this up real quick uh, before we get Todd's third. The amount of possibilities that could br- come from a Jaguars Chargers wild card weekend are so endless and excite me so much. Give me the over. That would be again. We right. saw that game in week three. That was the game where Herbert played with the with the rib cartilage fracture. Uh, but the, the the Frank, the possibilities are just endless of what could happen in a Chargers oh, Jaguars playoff game. Two two teams that just love to let us down, right? Like that. That would be phenomenal. Just by the way, there is. I, you guys didn't touch on it. If the Patriots lose. The Dolphins lose. If the Steelers lose. Yep. If the Jaguars lose on Saturday night, they're the wild card team. Correct. There's still that small percentage chance. That's why I hated to disagree with you guys last week, but I was on the Jaguars last week because I thought Doug Peterson was going to play it out because you don't want to be the guy to get the week 18. You end up losing and you're like, well, yeah, had you not tanked last week against the Texans, you would have been the wild card team. These coaches don't think logically. If there's a 1% chance, they view that as a 50% chance. So Everything's in, in play for these games this week. It's this AFC is kind of crazy. It's craziness could be uh, eight and nine teams in the postseason on both conferences. If Tampa loses, they obviously would be underwater going into the postseason. Toddy, your third. I, I want to just publicly apologize to Mr. Jared Stidham because I did yes, think you, he was not yeah. going to be good at all. And I don't know. I still am not sure how they scored 8,000 points against that defense. Yeah, Gil, this is the most humility Todd has shown the whole year. Well, I mean, hey, I, can we talk about the backup quarterbacks thing from last week? Yes, Gilly was right that this yes. is the year I will make a culpa. <laughs> I, my point was that we see a lot of them, and I didn't. I didn't know that this was the most, so I was wrong about that. I apologize. <laughs> I just feel like at the end of years, we do see a lot of them, but maybe not as many as this year. I apologize. It'll be, uh, it'll be 65, correct? It's 65 now, right, Gil? Uh, I don't know the exact number, but it is the second most of all time, I believe. Yeah, we'll have to double check Well, you that. can't count Peterman because he's not really a quarterback. Well, the, yeah, I think with Peterman, it pushes it over the top. And then also and has, Howell, too. And Howell, Howell, and also as well, we might see Chase Daniels start this week as well. So we could we could end up uh, in 68 when it's all said and done, yes. Todd. Uh, I wanted to take the Jets just to go against Skylar Thompson. Um the problem is who the Jets playing at quarterback. They either have Mike. It White looks like injured. it looks like it's going to be Mike White again, right. who Which, I am convinced is not close to 100. Yeah, I mean healthy. he really, really was very concerning against a bad Seahawks yeah. defense. I mean, if you can't move the ball against the Seahawks, what NFL team are you going to move the ball against? I mean, the Seahawks defense is horrendous. Uh, Todd did they, so, they, they, they did zero touchdowns against two bottom five defenses the last yeah, two. So weeks. that's why I'm going to be I'm going to be scared off of the Jets sent there for that one. Uh, I think I'm going to go, even though I like Frank's Lions, I'll give something different. Uh, I do like Frank's Lions there. I really I really like that. For Packers are a joke. Let, I mean, can we just They're be just honest about this? Yeah. Who, who yeah. did the Packers beat? They didn't beat anybody. Stop it. And the Vikings lost the game. The Packers didn't win the game. Okay, I'll take the Carolina Panthers plus three and a half. To me, the Panthers and the Saints, they're pretty much just middle-of-the-road NFL franchises. To me, the Panthers are playing with a little more verve. Granted, the uh, the Saints did go into Philadelphia and and you know 
really hurt me because I had Minshew plus five and a half with that pick at the end. By the way, can we put to rest this Minshew's great nonsense? Please stop. Minshew's terrible. <laughs> um, Carolina Panthers plus three and a half. I feel like it's you're getting three and a half on a, in a game where both of these teams are about the same. Okay, you know, Carolina can run the ball with with that uh, big running back foreman. And I don't I mean, the red rifle, the 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 beige water pistol, he doesn't really make me, you know, they're going to blow teams. Stop. I'll just take Carolina plus three. It's just too many points in a game where I think these teams are really just equal. So, you know, just give me Panthers plus three and a half. I'm getting a couple extra points, in my opinion. I don't think that the Saints should be power rated higher than the Panthers. All right. I guess it's mine. By the way, that had that game has no implications, correct? Correct. That so game both is teams have no, yes, Both teams have zero, uh, you know, edge for that. I wish we did this podcast on Monday because I would have taken the Vikings laying two and a half against uh, the Bears, but we're not going to bother with that now since it's up to eight, even with <laughs> even with Peterman. All right. Uh, since you know what, I know that both teams are going to try in this game. I'll lay the six with Jacksonville against the Vrabels. I know that's a dangerous game going against Vrabel, getting a lot of points with extra time to prepare, but they're starting Josh Dobbs in a winner-take-all game. <laughs> I mean, how bad is Malik Willis that Josh Dobbs, who wasn't even on the damn team four weeks ago, is starting the game that you have to have to make the playoffs? It's kind of it's an, a major indictment of what what they think of Willis at this point. Honestly, Willis was terrible when we saw him, but it's Josh Dobbs. He's, he's a, at best a third string NFL quarterback. Jacksonville's playing well. Uh, I, Frank, Frank made a really good point. And, and in retrospect, we, 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 we had, we're off on that was because of the one angle of if you lose, you still could get a wild card. And you know what? That keeps the guys fresh. There's no accidental bye week in here for Jacksonville. Now I think this is a, a two touchdown win for Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence has looked like the guy we thought he could be the last six weeks. I'll lay it with the Jags on Saturday night. Gilly? Let's, let's yeah, let's repeat what um <clears throat> let's repeat what Frank said about that scenario because it yeah. really is incredible. Titans beat Jaguars, Bills beat Patriots, Jets beat Dolphins, Browns beat Steelers. And all the that's tight. in play. All that's like it's not. Wait that a second. The like, Browns can't go down to Berg and beat us. Come on now, Frank and that. Stop. I'm just kidding. <laughs> things happen. Titans win the division. Jags get the wild card. Both are eight and nine. And as Jeff pointed out, if the Buccaneers just tank their game against the Falcons this week, What's we that? could have three eight and nine teams in the postseason. Yikes. I don't know what that means. Other than there is such oh, a they shouldn't have expanded the playoffs. That's what it means, Gil. They should not yeah. have added a seventh. Why? We're adding a mediocre team. Frank, I'll tell you why. Would you like to know no. why? Uh, well, they can sell that. commercials on TV yeah, oh, yeah. on NFL football games. And <laughs> we're, we're going to end up with 32 playoff teams. Like, hey, well, hey. I'm not sure you know about this. NFL is a little bit of popular sport, Frank. What, yeah, it is, what it is representative of, of it is just that we saw this with power rankings all year, right, is the cliff that these teams fall up all fall off of once you get past like six or seven, mm -hmm. six, it's six. I do, I do power rankings every Tuesday morning and you get to, okay. Who's the seventh best team in football. Even this week. I'm like, I don't know. Like, is it the Ravens? No, they're, they're terrible. Like, you're, I think I had the Jaguars up to like eight. Just like, why not? Whatever. At least they're playing well. Yeah. It was Frank, the first I'm, year where that. 
before that really happened. We'll go ahead, Todd. Um, I was just kidding, Frank. I happen to agree with Frank, and in you know, six teams is enough in the playoffs. I'm I'm just obviously yeah. stating that no, the NFL are a bunch of greedy that. owners, and they'll just continue oh, no. to to you know jam in as much product down our throats as they can possibly jam. You're not wrong about that. Todd wished to have master of the straw man's argument. <laughs> How is that a straw man's <laughs> argument? I, I agreed with Frank. We were talking about revenue. All right. Um, but I'm agreeing okay. with Frank. No, I know now you are. Um, I'm taking the Titans. I'm going against Jeffrey. Okay. Ooh. Yeah, I'm taking the points. Because um, I, I do think the instinct is to take the Jaguars. But, you know, Jeff said a couple of things there. It's variable. It's extra rest for the Titans. It's short rest for the Jaguars. They really kind of screwed the Jaguars on this um, with the Titans having the Thursday game. Um, it is Josh Dobbs, but really is Ryan Tannehill. I mean, this is more of an indictment of Tannehill than it is a uh, an endorsement for Dobbs. What are we really dropping off there? We dropping off three points even? I don't know. I Derek think you're Henry, dropping off a little bit, Gilly. I don't know that you are. Derek yeah. Henry, yeah, because Ryan Tannehill lost that game against the Bengals in the playoffs. Yeah, no, Tannehill's year. not great. I just think Dobbs is horrendous. I could just get through one of mine without right. even um, but you know, um, it's just, but, um, I, I think six points is too many. I think that's a big adjustment to this. Derek Henry is going to be fully healthy. I think they're going to, I think everybody in the building, it's like the old Rigo Hogs skins. Everybody in the building knows who's getting the ball. Can you stop it? And I don't think the Jaguars are going to be able to, to the tune of covering six points. I like Vrabel here. So ba basically my whole strategy on these week 18 games is, Try to avoid as much uncertainty as possible. Take a Titans-Jags game that both teams are incentivized. Take a Colts-Texans game where one team is clearly incentivized to bite it. Um, and then take a Commanders-Cowboys game where I think motivation will go out the window at that point for one of the teams. I don't want to get involved with trying to be an amateur psychologist for the Bills or the Bengals or any of that stuff. And I think all of us have kind of adhered to that. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, going, I'm going with the Titans plus the points. That's my third. Todd, I kind of I, I I was with Gilly with the whole Vrabel magic for the last couple of weeks, and I keep getting burned by it. So I'm just nervous because I I like the Titans too, but I'm just I can't do it anymore. He's, all, all I will say is the way that these picks have gone out by going opposite of both of us, the lead is not as insurmountable as Gil would think now, right? That's true because if you beat if you beat him, Jags saying that's a that's a game bouncing. That's a game right for over. me. Yeah, yeah, that's huge. That's huge. And then Gilly's got a loser there with the Colts minus two and a half. That, <laughs> that's also another. <laughs> oh man! Wait, yeah. Do the accounting on the teasers. I'm not sure that's right. Uh, the accounting on the teasers is absolutely correct. I am currently in the lead. Thank you. Uh, they're all out there. It's just pure transparency. This is not a George Santos situation. Thank you. I, I, the guest, by the way, the guest is in the lead. I'm going to stick up for the guest here. Yes, the guest is in the lead yes. in the teasers. That is I, correct. I feel like wearing a crown right now, just on behalf of the first 17. That, that is correct. Uh, Frank, uh, your, your, your top two teams, six-point teaser of the week. Oh, oh my goodness. I, I had to, like, recalibrate my brain because sometime in October, I stopped playing teasers. They, they just weren't profitable this year. They were hard. Like, I'm not going to do it. So I went, okay, all right, let, let's get back into the teaser mode. And you look at this week, and I couldn't. It, it was really, really hard to find two sides. I, I'll be interested to hear what you guys have to say. I think the Jaguars is the obvious one. I, I'm with Todd. Dobbs is terrible. Like he's just he's he had a, a nice little outing against the Cowboys, but I think he really gets exposed here. Jaguars have been playing really well. I think they at least win, win straight up. I I, I agree that 
I, I hesitated a little bit to lay the six. Like you're like, well, you know, Vrabel, this Titans team, Derrick Henry's going to run it 38 times. Maybe they keep it close, but I just can't see them winning straight up. So if I can get the Jaguars onto a pick, I'll take that. And I'm going to go against Gil, and I'm going to take the Cowboys on the second leg of this because I think the history of the Cowboys, and it went from Garrett to McCarthy, so basically it's Jerry Jones. They play their starters regardless. I have been so flummoxed in finales before when the Cowboys have nothing to play for. It should be taking a pseudo-bye week, and they'll still play their starters to try to win right to the end. I don't get it. I think it's dumb, but they do it. So I think the Cowboys play this out, and unless the Eagles really pull away quick, I think the Cowboys are just going to play this game like they still have a shot at the NFC East and maybe the number one seed, probably number two if they get the NFC East. So I think the Cowboys win this straight up. Maybe maybe Sam Howell plays out of his mind, gives them a little bit of a spark. I think the Commanders, the way their season ended, the playoff season ended last week, getting eliminated is bad. I usually like fading teams off of that. But the way they were eliminated – putting Carson Wentz out there when literally everybody in the world knew that wasn't going to work. Gilly said didn't. he liked Carson Wentz, by the way. He, he, oh, he, Carson. Oh, God. Yeah, that. Oh, no, not Carson. I, I mean, we're just, I think everybody in the world just sits there with this Carson Wentz thing with the commanders. Like, this ain't going to work. What are you guys doing? The players know that, too. The players in the locker room are really, really smart. They know we got no shot with Carson Wentz. I think they're a little deflated from that. I think they lay an egg a little bit. I think the Cowboys play this thing out whether they should or not. And that's the second leg of my teaser. I'll take the Cowboys. The, the Frank, the, the, Frank, the one did, that just tell me. Go ahead. What did Todd say about? I I said I you thought that playing Wentz was better than Heineke. I thought that you said. My, my they should have played Howell last week. <laughs> like why not? Yeah, no, I was the first person when they traded for him. I was like, this is the dumbest thing they've ever done in their life. Let alone how much they traded for him. But yes, I thought last week that the Heineke thing had sort of run its course. But as soon as Wentz threw two picks, right, in like three drives, you're like, oh, God, get him the fuck out of here. But they didn't. Frank, the game that, uh, with Dallas that stands out, do you remember that finale in 2018 where they had nothing at all and played that horrible yeah, the Gi- Giants? The horrible right? Giants yeah. team and Dak threw That's a touchdown late. Like, the last second. Like, yeah. what are you guys doing? But this is what Jerry Jones wants for whatever. Yeah. It was whatever. like a rainy day. It was a real it, rainy day that day. If, yeah, uh, it was cold. I don't think it was day. rainy. It was cold. Yeah. I, I remember being cold because I was in New Jersey at the time. And I was uh, that was, I, if memory serves me right, that was Eli's last game, if I'm correct on that. Could be. Could be. Uh, it it might have been uh, for that one. All right, uh, Toddy, your teaser. I'm going to do something crazy here oh <laughs> okay here's the thing i hate betting on kirk cousins i think it's been well established philip river kirk cousins is my new philip rivers uh minus the christianity uh he just somehow finds a way to hurt me you know philip rivers was a big christian guy you know so kirk cousins i think kirk not... cousins is too. oh is he kirk also cousins, kirk cousins sure, is a big okay yeah, then yeah. I, I he's on the god squad yeah. okay my fault so then they're basically the same i guess that you know it's uh it's uh, incarnate word and incarnate word um, I, uh, I, you know, that's a, that's a big, uh, you know, Christian school. Anyways, um, here's the deal. I'm going to take the Vikings as one of the legs. I know I shouldn't, um, because it's Kirk Cousins, but it is Nathan Peterman. Nathan Peterman is not, I don't even think he's a division one college quarterback. He is so bad and he's from Pittsburgh. I should be up on the guy, you know? 
I don't like him. I've seen him play in the NFL before. Of course, I, I saw Stidham play in the NFL before, and he turned into a Hall of Famer last week. But I really just don't see Peterman doing it, even against that Vikings horrendous defense. And that defense is putrid. I just think the Vikings lost by a million points. I like taking NFL teams that lost by a million points the week the next week. And I only have to win by one and a half. I'll take the Vikings minus the one and a half. My second pick, I'm going to go all in with my Texans, and I'm going to move them up to eight and a half. Sam Erringer, Ellinger, <laughs> uh, whatever the hell his name is. I don't. This is this is my anti-quarterback teaser. I'm going against Peterman. I'm going against Ellinger and Erringer. I'm going against two quarterbacks in that game, and I'll take Texans plus eight and a half. All right, uh, uh, Jaguars down to pick for me as like one. And then I am going to take the Cleveland Browns to eight and a half against your Pittsburgh Steelers, Todd, because the Steelers, even even though they are winning games, they are not capable of beating anyone by margin. So we tend not to do that. We'll take the eight and a half with the Brownies uh, as the second leg there. Gilly, whenever you are. Ready to go with your... By the way, before Gilly says this thing, I just wanted to say something because it seems like the Jags-Titans is going to be a big game for everybody involved this week. Yes. the I had the Titans that first week, and the Titans were dominating the Jaguars early in the game. I believe they were up 14-0. They were running all over them, and then a couple turnovers happened, and the game flipped. And the Jags dominated after the second turnover. Every fumble by the sideline. Right, there was a fumble. Just so you know, the Titans can move the ball against Jags. But okay, go ahead, Gilly. Gilly? I just want to say this. I think Mike Vrabel is going to coach a masterpiece. I think he's going to do all the Vrabel so. tricks for the game. I hope I, so. A, so I've been oppo Todd on the Texans game with the Colts. I'm oppo Jeff on the Titans Jaguars game. And Frank, you know, I love you. And I'm super touched by what you said earlier on the show, but I think this is the first time in the year that two people have been oppo on both sides of a teaser. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking the Titans and the Commanders, baby. Let's go. Ooh, so Titans. Hey, we can both lose that one. <laughs> up to 12 and up to 13. And then what's his other one? 13 on Commanders. Commandos. Commanders 13. What's the, opposite, what's the opposite of a Wong teaser? That's what this is. <laughs> no, it's a disinterested teaser. They don't want to win by a million if they all the starters are out. By the way, I think, I think week 18 calls for just ridiculous measures with some of this stuff. Oh, teasers are impossible this week. I, I I would not recommend it to anybody because who knows? Like you, we, you just don't know. Some of these teams will check out. You're just like you're holding this ticket with plus whatever. You could hold plus twenty on the on the Cardinals and be like, oh yeah, uh, this ain't gonna come through. Yeah. Can I just say one? Teasers. Can I say oh. one thing about what Frank just said? I'm sorry. Were you done, Frank? I'm sorry. I didn't mean. <laughs> no, to yeah. Go ahead, Todd. Yep. I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, you, only, you only interrupt Gil. I know that. So. I right. I don't like to intentionally interrupt people. I like um, the uh, Gilly. I have a disdain, a special disdain for that man. <laughs> Uh, anyways, <laughs> um, to, to pair it on what, what uh, Frank is saying, this could be one of the great in-game betting weeks of our lives yes. because yes. of yes. the fact the, li- the lines maker will have no idea how to price these games. Remember, the lines maker goes against, against the pregame line, and all the in-game lines are a, de- are a derivative of that first pregame line. However, in this week where we don't know what's what – the pregame line could be com- completely off. And if it is completely off, how are they going to put the in game up properly? They don't know what to do. So you, if you're paying attention this week, you really could make some money because the, the bookmaker is going to be all over the, they're not going to know what to do here. If we can see obvious things happening. 
that's my two cents for in game. Well, it's a good. It's a good point. It's a good point uh, for sure. I mean, it just a lot of unknown. A lot of these lines are all over the place. But how are they, they even going to do it? No, I, that's the point. Like, it, 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 honestly, it could look like a lot of these college bowl games where the lines exactly. are complete, end up being completely yeah, that's off. That's what and I was thinking. All yeah. of a sudden, you're like, oh my goodness, I'm getting Team X. Getting Wait, points, the wrong team. Look, the wrong team can be favored in some of these college easily, bowl games. Easily, when you watch the game, and you're like, "Wait a second, this team doesn't want to play. This team does." You know? Yeah, a hundred percent. At Bed Three Six Five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play—from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare all right uh the uh the last two questions of the podcast we go to the first of the two fave to lose favorite to big big favorite to most likely lose uh, we'll include the sixes this week, so we got a bunch of picks here. Kansas City, a nine or a nine and a half point favorite against the Raiders. The Jags, six point favorites against the Titans. Both of those games are Saturday. Um, we'll include the Bills because those numbers are starting to populate the market. Bills, seven point favorites against New England. Uh, Bengals, seven point favorites against Baltimore. Minnesota, seven and a half or eight point favorites against the Bears. Rams. Rams, six-and-a-half-point underdogs against the Seahawks, so that would be the Seahawks. Uh, the Eagles, 14-point favorites against the Giants. The 49ers, 14-point favorites against the Cardinals. And in Washington, uh, make that Dallas, a seven-point favorite against Washington. Frank, you have a partridge and a pear tree to pick from as well. Uh, this is a tough one, and I hate to start this way, but I, the, the one thought I had was, the Bills. Uh, we don't know. Like, we don't know how this team's going to react. They could win by 40 this week. They could lose. I, I, amateur psychologists here, we just have no idea. I'm going to stay away from that. It's a little ghoulish. I'm going to go with the Vikings, and I'll explain why. I think the Vikings, Kevin O'Connell's a very smart guy. He's going to look at the landscape and say, would we rather have the two seed and maybe play the Packers or just boat raced us, or do we just want to settle into this three seed and play the Giants in week one? There is some value in two versus three because then you could have the 49ers at home in week two if that matchup plays out. But I think looking in the micro, Kevin O'Connell's going to say, we don't really want to win this game. Like, why would we? We want the three seed, which they lock up if they lose. They get the Giants week one, the fraud bowl, as you guys said. So I think that the Vikings have just just a zero of an effort in this game, possibly, just because they know the three seed's a little bit better for them. It's really, really hard to say Nathan Peterman could direct a win. This Bears team is terrible. They obviously want to lose, but I think just because the Vikings might just say, we don't care, this it, they could be on upset alert. Toddy? Uh, I guess, you know, 
Oh, this is so hard. I, I can't even think of. Love when this stuff sneaks up on him. <laughs> well, this one, this one sneaks up because it's so hard to pick this kind of thing. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go with the. Uh, I'm going to say the Commanders could beat the Cowboys. There's just something about the Cowboys that makes me think that they, they like Gilly was saying, that they just may not give us a, a full effort. And and you know what? The Cowboys, even when they're trying, they don't a lot of times give a full effort. Remember that Texans game? I mean, they just do weird stuff. The Cowboys they messed around with the the Titans last week forever. I was yeah. like, oh. Yeah, so, I mean, so the the Cowboys could lose. Um, you know, obviously it's not you know likely, but you know I I wouldn't be shocked, especially because I have the Commanders uh, season wins under seven and a half, which I thought was dead many 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 weeks ago, and now I could theoretically win. Wouldn't it be apt for Hashem to bring in Sam Howell to beat me in the last week of the season? It would be so apt, you know, for that to happen. So yeah, this is. It's a sham. You can't trust him. <laughs> uh, I, I guess I'll go with what I did with my picks. I'll, I'll say the Seahawks to lose to the Rams. Oh, that was my that was my yeah. Second pick. I, I guess I'll go with that. Even though I will say this: if the Giants decide to play their guys, which I doubt they do, if Jalen Hurts is not healthy, don't be surprised if that game is a lot harder for Philadelphia. I thought Hurts was be. playing though. Again, he well, he might not be healthy even if he's playing. Oh, so, okay. uh but I'll, I'll go with Seattle most likely to lose to the Rams is that. Gil, yours? Um I'm going to stay consistent with my picks. It's the Cowboys to me. The Cowboys are the one team where I could just see them saying, you know, deuces by halftime. So I'd say the Cowboys are the most likely the big favorites to lose outright. To lose outright. All right, the final question, Bizarro World, do you have to bet aside on every single game but one, so you can have one pass. Frank, what's the one pass this week? Man, this was the easier category because there's like seven, eight games to choose from here. I'm going to go Texans-Colts. I know you guys like it, but I'm going to give a quick history lesson if you guys don't mind. There Please. has been tanking in the NFL. I know to Todd's point, it says teams don't tank. The 2014 finale, let's go back. Buccaneers, if they lose, they get the number one pick. They're playing the Saints, and they lead 20-7 to seven at halftime. They start pulling starters in the second half. Nobody remembers this. Mike Evans comes out, Levante David. They pulled three offensive linemen. Josh McCown's our quarterback at the time. He did not attempt a pass in the third quarter. He attempted three passes in the fourth quarter for nine yards. The Buccaneers come from ahead, lose the game. What was the final? They get the first. They get the first. It was, it, I, I don't remember the final. They barely lost. It was 21-20 maybe. Which means I would they, cover as the Texans. They lose. They lose that game to get Jameis Winston the number one pick. Do you guys remember who the head coach of that game was for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Yes, it was Lovey Smith. Okay. Oh, so yes. we have had an honest to God tanking effort in the NFL 2014. Go back and look. You can check my notes. I've written about it twice this week. And now Lovey Smith is in that position again. So I wouldn't want to be on this game when all of a sudden the Texans are like, yeah, we're just throwing the kitchen sink in the opposite way to lose this game. Don't want any part of it. Tommy. I hope that happens and they lose 21-20. That would be amazing, right? Because then I would cover the number. It would be fantastic. Um, okay. Very well done, Frank. Very well done. I like that. Uh, yes, Frank going back into the annals of 2014. I'll history. look that game up. I'm going to find the, the, that final score for you just to, just to um, get that for you. So I don't like a whole bunch 23, of 23-20, by the way. Saints 23-20. Outscored them 16-0 in the fourth quarter. Uh-oh. That's not good for me. Okay, so uh, game that, wow, I just don't like any of these games. There's so many of them I don't really like. But uh, I guess I'm, I'm going to say the uh, Arizona Cardinals game because 
Blau and and what are the Niners? What's what's going on with the Niners? How did they give up thirty four points to Stidham? What's that all about? I I didn't catch that. I did one bad game. I, I mean, want, uh, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't read much into that. I think that it was just, very unusual game. How I, in the world was Stidham looking like a Hall of Famer? Could someone explain that to me, I mean, Gilly? I, do you have any uh, opinion on how I, that happened? That was so weird. I, I didn't see that coming either. I can't lie. Yeah, I'm going with what Jeff said, which is I'm just going to call it a one-off for the Niners and hope that's the case because I have Niners futures. I mean, this is a Niners vaunted defense. I, I mean, it's like Jared Stidham. Do you remember when he was on the Patriots? No, well, like, Todd, Todd, you don't have to. You don't have to tell uh, me. You and I were in so here. Aggravated. You and you and I were in here week three of uh, the 2019 season, where New England was beating the absolute hell out of the Jets, who were playing Luke Falk at quarterback that day. By the way, I know I had an under. And we had Jet team total uh, under, and the only way we could have lost was if there was a defensive <laughs> touchdown and Stidham threw a pick six to Jamal Adams. Trust me, I remember that one. Um, look, I, 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 look, I that the, was the most shocking game of the NFL season to me. That Jared well, Stidham could put up thirty-four. Not only did he put up thirty-four, but he drove them down. Look genuinely at the good. end. By the way, I was watching the board because they had the board here. It was. 13 to 1 on the 49ers when it was a, a seven point game at the end. 13 to 1, minus 1,300 for yeah. the Niners to win the game. And then the Raiders come and tie the game. And, and then they could have won the game. Yeah, it's they crazy. The ball, they hit the ball first in overtime. They had a shot. I, again, every, every team has a clunker. I just think that was the clunker for San Francisco's defense. I wouldn't read much into it. Um, I uh, The game I want no part of. I'm going to go with Baltimore and Cincinnati uh, because I don't know. Again, obviously, we really don't know what the Bills will be this weekend, and and I think properly so. Bengals are on that field, too. I don't know what I'm getting out of them. I, I, I don't know what I'm getting out of them. And also, too, the line dictates that Lamar Jackson isn't going to play. But... I, I don't know. I, I don't want anything to do with this. This could be this could be a, a, a tight game. Cincinnati could roll them. I, I want nothing to do with it. Do we even know if Lamar Jackson's playing in the playoffs? Yeah. Like I, it's, I, well, I, it's, I mean, he ain't got a new contract, Gil. I mean, I hate to say that, but there's a lot of a lot of speculation. Let's so, say, so, so, Gil, this the, is some, some related to contract. Gil, the latest. It's funny you say this because uh, uh, Ian Rappaport was just on McAfee right now, and thankfully Twitter is up to date here. Quote, I was told the Ravens are confident Lamar Jackson is returning for the playoffs. End quote. Okay. So, okay. but but I think I'm kind of with Frank. Of his contract. This Raven team isn't winning the Super Bowl. Even with it's very them. cynical. It's very cynical. Yeah, it is cynical, but it's, it's it's impossible to not connect dots and yeah. say maybe Lamar is like, I, I'm not risking this. You guys didn't risk guaranteed money on me. I'm not risking my knee for you. Gil? Um I'm surprised. I mean, all your all your picks are good for this, but I'm surprised none of you said Patriots Bills because to me that's the obvious choice here. Like, I don't, I don't think any of us have any idea how the Bills come out and play in this game after what happened with Tamar Hamlin on Monday night. Are they now satisfied that he's doing much better and are going to be in the proper mental frame of mind, um, or are they just going to still not really be ready to play professional football? I don't know. That's the game I want no part of. Patriots. A lot of these teams could be shook, actually, not just the Bills and the Bengals. I mean, if you're an NFL player mm -hmm. in general, you know, uh, you watch the guy almost die. you got to yeah. be there's, – there's, there's many teams that may just come out and, you know, be completely shook. I know I'd be 
pretty shook. Yeah, after. it's not just Bills. It's just not just Bills and Bengals. To your point, Todd. Like, I think the entire NFL is. You watch that happen, and it, it's a wake up call. You you know that you put your body on the line. You know that, but to see it happen that starkly, I don't know how we could. Uh, any any number of teams could be really really affected this weekend. We could see a really strange weekend of football because of that. Uh, absolutely. I, yeah. I don't know. If, like you guys remember texts that you've received over over the years and like big big you know big moments or we're all sort of taking in things on television that we're all watching together um you know uh trump's election in 2016 i remember i won't give his name but somebody said somebody texted me what the fuck is happening uh when florida <laughs> and uh uh todd during the demar hamlin thing texted me and i'll never forget this are we gonna watch an nfl player die on the field right and so yeah. like it got to that right our brains went there um, I'll so, tell you, yeah. Gil, when they when they went to the Bills, when they sh- you know I'm obviously covering it, writing about it for Yahoo that night, and starting to write up a Demar Hamlin, you know the the ambulance when the ambulance comes on the field, it's a big deal. When they came back and they showed the Bills players, especially Josh Allen, who look, we've watched the NFL, all three of us have watched the NFL long enough to know there's serious injuries that we all kind of, guys are taking a knee, and but that look of those Bills players was different than anything I've ever seen before. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, those guys had seen a ghost. And, supposedly a guy uh, died. It's it scary. It just burned into my brain. I'm, supposedly a guy died in the Lions game in 1971. Yeah. 1971, Chuck Hughes. And it was like a minute to go in the game and they finished the game. I mean, he had a heart attack on the field. They got him off the field in an ambulance. They finished the game. I don't know about you guys. You guys are smart guys. So maybe you have an answer. I could not come up with one other instance, at least in modern history, of an NFL game starting, being postponed and not resumed. Never. I think this is the first time ever. I, I, I've never, I couldn't right. come up with, I mean, games have been postponed for weather, but that's like, okay, three days before, there's going to be a blizzard. We're moving this game to Tuesday, that kind of thing. There's been preseason games ended because of weather, but a regular season game stopped in the middle and not played on, it's never happened as far as I know, and that just speaks of the severity of that situation, just a tra- trauma of that situation. It's just horrible for everybody watching, and especially guys on the field. Jason Weidman said the same thing. He says, I don't think there was ever been an instance where, I mean, think about it. The guy on the Chiefs, I forget his name now, who killed his girlfriend and shot himself. Javon, Bel- the- Javon Belcher, yeah. He played that game, right? Played like, I mean, yeah. How about the Lions game? Wasn't the, the offensive lineman on the Lions right. got um, got um, paralyzed? That's what I kept thinking about. That What was his name? Utley or Mike something? Utley. Mike Utley. Mike Utley, yeah. And there was also another medical emergency with the Lions in 97. The game Barry Sanders got the uh, – it was Reggie Brown. Uh, Barry Sanders got the 2,000 yards. Reggie Brown, it was 17 minutes. I think he, you know, he needed to be uh, CPR on the field and all that. But they, they kept playing that game. I mean, it's that's how kind of the NFL works, but not this time. And that just spe- – again, it just speaks to how traumatic that situation was for everybody. Hey, the, the latest on Hamlin, uh, the latest report uh, from the Bills – uh, Twitter account, uh, per physicians caring for DeMar Hamlin at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center. Uh, DeMar has shown remarkable improvement over the past 24 hours. While still critically ill, he has determined that he appears to be neurologically intact. His lungs continue to heal, and he is making steady progress. Uh, we are grateful for the love and support he has received. That was from the Bill's Twitter account as we started recording this. Again, we're recording this around noon Eastern time on Thursday. That's amazing. That's amazing news, man. Uh, that's incredible. Uh, can I ask Frank a question before we uh, get out of here? Uh, obviously, there's awards, and I'm curious what you mm. think about the whole question of Offensive Rookie of the Year and Brock Purdy, because some of us are holding on to Purdy tickets. Some of us are holding on to Pickett tickets. Pickett tickets. Um, 
do you think Brock Purdy has played enough football games to get the offensive rookie of the year in a year where no one else has really truly gone off the charts? And I will say this, I always handicap awards. It's you have to get in a mindset of this isn't what I think. I'm trying to get into voters' heads and I'm trying to get in their history. And we know voters love quarterbacks. They love them. And there's been so many times that I've stood on a table saying, JJ Watt should be MVP in 2014, or Cooper Cup should be MVP, or Ezekiel Elliott should be Elliott should be offensive rookie of the year, but they gave it to Dak. So I can't rule out Purdy getting it. I can't. Like, especially who are the other possibilities, out. Frank? Who are the other? I think Garrett Wilson. I think it's either gonna be Garrett Wilson or one of the two quarterbacks. I think Kenneth Walker could get back in it if he has a big game and, and even especially if Seattle sneaks into the playoffs somehow. I think Kenneth Walker has been very, very good. Garrett Wilson's probably had the best overall season from beginning to end. Voters love quarterbacks, though, man. And if if 49ers finish this, he's undefeated at the end. They're probably going to win on Sunday, obviously, against Arizona. I, I think Purdy will get votes. I don't know if it's going to be enough because he barely played this. It would be – I think it would be – look, I get it. I, I, I'm not trying to <laughs> rip up your tickets or anything, but I think it would be a crime if Brock Purdy got it, honestly. He just hasn't played enough. A guy like Garrett Wilson and Kenneth Walker, who's had an impact on the whole season – has to lose out to a guy just because he's a quarterback who's put in the best situation you could be possibly put into. And Kyle Shanahan offense, all these guys to throw to. But I, I, that's not what I, this is not what I think. It's what I think the voters think. And I think Brock Purdy's going to get some votes. And I think Kenny Pickett might too if the Steelers make the playoffs. Right now, just for reference, Kenneth Walker is an odds-on favorite right now. Is minus really? minus 130 yeah. right now with DraftKings for Kenneth Walker. Garrett Wilson's 2-1. to one. Purdy's 4-1. to one. Kenny Pickett is 16-1. to one. Uh, everyone else is well north of that at this rate. Voters love quarterbacks. Just remember that with every single awards thing. Go ahead, start with the quarterbacks and then we'll move backward from there. Can we just do 10 seconds on most improved player tennis edition? Oh, because right now I'm a minus 15,000 to one uh, against Gilly and all the rest of you jokers. Thank you. <laughs> We, Gil, we almost made it. We almost made it the whole show, and we couldn't get there. We couldn't get there. You can't do it. You like to, but you just can't. Just can't do it. Oh, man. Uh, Frank Schwab, thank, thanks for joining us today, man. Uh, it, it's awesome to have you on the show today. Yeah, good to hey, see now, you, Frank. You're one of my favorites in the uh, guests. I, I appreciate that. Like I said early on, this this show, I've been listening as a fan for so long, just listening to listen. So it's kind of surreal to be on. It's, it's fun. Me and Gil have had a nice friendship throughout the years. He's done a great job in this space. You guys do a great job every week breaking this down. Always entertaining, informative, just a, a titan of a show in this sports betting content industry. So keep doing what you guys do, and hopefully I don't lose all of my picks, and maybe I'll get an invite again next year. Thank you so much, Frank. Thank you, Frank. Thanks, Frank. Gil, get some honey for that voice. Uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully, Gil's back on Friday on the numbers game. If not for Todd, I'm Jeff Parles. This Jeffrey, been... outstanding job as the host. I, I did okay. I did okay. The, the show still exists. Yes. Go into the playoffs next week. Good luck on everyone's bets here for week 18. Yeah. We'll see you next time. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.